TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Facebook, we are live. Sports, sports, and sports queued up. Brought to you by the OEM Network, sponsored by Side Street Grill. Uh, tonight is game five, recording a little early, so we'll be able to get out here and watch the game. Uh, real quick, a couple things. Draymond Green suspended. Should he be? Should he not be? We'll definitely touch on that tonight. Uh, NFL countdown continues to where we're at teams 24 and 23, I believe, where we're at the the Bears and the Saints, so we'll break them down a little bit. Uh also, a lot to uh, discuss, discuss. We have a, a Stanley Cup champion, which no one seems to be talking about. We'll, we'll get into why no one is discussing this. Uh, LeBron James, most valuable player in the league? Possibly. Best player? We're going to talk about that tonight, and I'm going to tell you why he's not. Uh, and he's def- I saw a poll today where he was the fifth greatest player in the history of basketball. And if you look at stats, sure. But if you look at people play, I'm going to tell you tonight why. He is not even top 10 best basketball players of all time. Uh, Major League Baseball, the Cubs are rolling. Uh, Nate Robinson is getting a trial to Seattle Seahawks, which is interesting. I hope that really works out. I like that little dude. Uh, I'm going to go over my top five finals that I've ever seen and why. Uh, I'm having trouble with my earphone here. Uh, so a couple things we're going to go over tonight. But like I said, we'll we'll definitely preview and kind of speculate on what we see happening tonight in the finals. CJ is supposed to join me here sh- shortly, uh, the chef of Sports Talk. Um, but if not, I'm going to be rolling solo. I, I'm not concerned about it. Thank you so much for chiming in. Uh, and, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, um, OAM Network, Side Street Grill. Check out the show. It drops on Wednesday. I'm Quentin Bailey. God is good. Thank you, Facebook. to another episode of Sports, Sports, and Sports Cued Up. I am Quentin Bailey. You find this on the OEM Network, and we are brought to you, sponsored by Side Street Grill, 35 South Lawrence. Uh, four to seven's happy hour, Monday through Friday. Come and check it out. Nice, cool staff. Uh, uh, you should enjoy yourself. Uh, some, and it's also a lot of eye candy, so you should be good. The food's pretty good. All that good stuff, so... Uh, Side Street Grill, 35 South Florence, 4 to 7, Monday through Friday is the happy hour. 4 to 9, Tuesday's pasta special, 4 to 9 is Wednesday, is the steak special. Sunday, 11 to 3, brunch, best brunch in Midtown, behind the big parking garage in Overton Square. Uh, Side Street Grill, 35 South Florence. All right, we're going to get right into it. So, Draymond Green suspended for tonight's game, game 5. Uh, by the time this show drops, uh, of course, this game would have been played. Uh, I do think that the Cleveland Cavaliers will win tonight. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you why before I get into the Draymond Green suspension. Because he is suspended. And while Curry's the best player, and we've argued that Clay Thompson would probably be the second rated second player taken off this team if there were a draft. Uh, Draymond Green is the most valuable because they don't have the depth inside to compensate for a loss. You lose Curry, you lose um, Thompson, you got the depth. You got Iguodala's and Barnes and, you know... <clears throat> Sean Livingston, Barbosa, you're you're deep in the backcourt. The front court is where they don't have the depth. And Draymond Green's probably the most valuable player. He does the most all around game. Uh he's their best defender alongside Iguodala. I still think Iguodala's a better defender, but uh Green gets all the credit for that. Uh but he's he's an all around player and what he does is the dirty work. Now, so you say dirty work, and yes, I'm gonna lead to this to being he's a dirty player. 
Uh, it just is what it is, man. It doesn't mean he's a bad basketball player. It doesn't mean he's Ndamukong Sue to where he, he – I don't think he's so much as trying to hurt people. Uh, like you said, you saw the other night when he slapped LeBron James in the nuts. Uh, I saw it live. I look over to CJ, who hopefully will be joining me shortly. I look over him. I say, he just hit him in the nuts. And then they're showing the replay. You can see it. You know, it's hard to see. Um, and I've argued with Big Ken, who was an excellent guest last week. Uh, but I've argued with him, Big Draymond Green friend. I've argued with Jeremy Graves, my college football expert, uh, on this matter as well, um, who I can't wait to get back in the studio. Always a good guest. Um, football season's right around the corner, baby. Um but, you know, we're, we're debating, and we're saying there's no way he should be suspended for what he did. And I would agree. Uh, but the totality of his flagrant foul point system, he's maxed out the points. And if you want to, the definition of a flagrant foul is anything excessive, rather it be intentional or unintentional, um, anything excessive or dangerous to a player, recklessly. And attacking another grown man's private areas, his nuts, uh, balls, testicles, I don't see how you can get any more excessive than that, right? Um, So I definitely think it's a flagrant foul. Uh, I thought he should have been suspended just for what he did with Steven Adams when he kicked him square uh, in the testicles. I think he should have been suspended just for that action. And uh, But I, I said it after. I said, next time something happens. They won't even hesitate. They will suspend him. Uh, you know, and, and people want to talk about NBA is trying to extend the series. NBA is doing this. You could use that theory in the last round to where if you suspended Draymond Green, Oklahoma City, and most likelihood would have finished off the Golden State Warriors, right? Um, but you didn't suspend them, so you let them stick around, and Kiki Van Way has chimed in on this, and he's done this to himself. He's built his own case against him. Um, and, and like I argued in the group, to where now look you know someone wants to say LeBron James stepped over him yes he did and LeBron James should have been given a technical foul for that I have no beef with that but uh here's an analogy I want to use right let's say you own a grocery store and there's a kid that comes in there and you and you know he's stolen a candy bar you've seen him on camera or whatever but you haven't really caught him and then suspiciously he's in the store he looks like he grabs a candy bar. Are you going to give him the benefit of the doubt to walk out your store again? Or are you going to stop him and get your inventory back? Exactly. It speaks for itself. So the thing is, he loses his benefit of the doubt because of your track record. Your track record. And just the last series alone, it's not like he's, you know, this happened two years ago. Or, you know, he's being held over his whole career. No, man. This is... This is an accumulation of what he's done just in the playoffs. And he's proven to be a dirty player uh, through each round of the playoffs. You can go look up highlights, man. I don't got to play him for you. If you watch basketball, you know what it is. Uh, I'm not rooting for LeBron James. I am going for the underdog. I'll always go for the underdog if I don't have my own team invested, more than likely, right? So, um, but I don't care for LeBron James because he didn't instigate this matter. Draymond Green flopped, and Le- and LeBron James just look at you, like man, you you're such you're better than that man, you know. Uh, steps over him after that, treated him like trash because you're playing 
because that's the characteristic you're showing with all the flopping and whatnot, I believe. Like, I understood LeBron's point, but I do think LeBron should have been given a technical foul. Um, but it doesn't give you a right to to hit him in the nuts. It, it just doesn't justify it to me. Uh, even if, like, I don't think this inc- incident alone is the reason he's not susp- he's suspended. It's because of the totality of his flagrant fouls in the playoffs. And that's what people just aren't understanding. Like Stephen A. Smith, you know, who's always outrageously, I guess, trying to be the stereotypical angry black man, uh, is blown away. This is ludicrous. This shouldn't happen. You know, it's a flagrant foul. Was it as bad as kicking Stephen Adams in the nuts? No. No, it wasn't. Was it uh, still attacking a man in the nuts? Was that excessive? Is that dangerous? There's no man alive that's going to tell you that attacking another man's private area, groin area, is not dangerous. It's not excessive. Um, So if that's not a flagrant foul, by the letter of the rule, right? Now, no, it's not a guy going for a layup and you clotheslining his head off. You know, of course, that's overly excessive and extremely dangerous and even more reckless than anything else you could probably do on the court. But when you attack a man's private areas, when you have a record of doing this, it's going to catch up with you. And uh, now I'm going to say this, right? I do think that if, let's say, if Cleveland was up in this series, or if it was 2-2, I don't think he would have been excessive to the flagrant foul. Uh, I think then the league would have pulled its, well, it's it's undetermined, um, whether he meant to, did it or not. You could see right away. Uh, LeBron's actions wouldn't happen. LeBron knew he did it on purpose. Draymond Green knew he did it on purpose. Um, now, and the, but that play right there took LeBron James completely out the game. Took him off his game, took him out the game. And, you know, even before this, but this right here frustratingly took him out, right? You, you very rarely see LeBron James ready to fight. And I believe he was ready to fight. But uh, it took him out the game. And here's the thing that didn't get me. That I didn't understand. LeBron James, one of the best players, you know, most, most skilled basketball players of all time. Uh, it's not top five like a, a poll I saw, but we'll get on that in a little bit. But he's looking. He's not even looking to score. He's driving and just jumping up and finding whoever's out on the perimeter. You know, I just don't. If you're the best player, um, even if you're not the best scorer, right? If you're the best player. You've got to be looking to get a basket for your team. Your team's struggling. Now you're down seven, nine, whatever it is. Because uh, I got on Kevin Durant for this in game seven to where he waited till the final two minutes to get aggressive. Uh, tell everybody, get out the way. I'll take It's too late now, right? LeBron's not even doing that. He's not. There was a play. Excuse me. There was a play where – Kyrie had the ball on the left wing, and he's dribbling it out. The second half, Cleveland played a lot of iso ball, a lot of Joe Johnson basketball. And he's out there on the left wing. He's dribbling it out. And I look over at CJ. I say, where is LeBron James? He's out of the picture, like literally. And then they, the, the camera scoots over as Irving gets closer to the basket or whatever. And you see LeBron down in the bottom corner just standing next to Iguodala. Like Iguodala is just giving him the playoff. Because Iguodala has no one to guard because LeBron James is just standing there. We've seen this before. When the going gets tough, LeBron quits. Um, there's You can look at all his stats. You can look at all his numbers. Uh, it does not make him a top, 
top 10 player of all time right now as we speak. Now, going to six straight finals is remarkable. Uh, it's unprecedented in my lifetime. Because, um, I mean, you got to go back to the 60s and 70s, which is well before my time anyways. But um, And he statistically, like I said, up there. Finals, up there. Um, he'll be the fourth player of all time to lose – Five finals, um, which is which is crazy, but it is what it is, man. Uh, he is what he is, and you know people have harped on this. Steve Kerr had an excellent quote: a guy that has played for both Popovich and Phil Jackson, played with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen uh, for three championships, right? So he says, you know, Phil Jackson used to say that Scottie Pippen is a sometimes shooter. Sometimes it goes in. Sometimes it don't. Some nights it does. Some nights it doesn't. Um, But Michael Jordan, like LeBron James doesn't have a post game, mid-range jumper, uh, can't shoot, you know. He doesn't get his team a basket. Michael Jordan would do that in his sleep, so basically to halt the comparison. I don't think it was a knock on LeBron James. I think it's just like, look, man, quit comparing this dude to Michael Jordan. He's not Michael Jordan. He's closer to Scottie Pippen, which we've been saying that. Um, You know, Scottie Pippen would tell you, I'm sure, that if he had his own team, that he'd be putting up LeBron James-type numbers, you know? Um, Arguable, I don't know, you know, whatever. Um, Scottie Pippen was an excellent player, excellent all around, great defender. Could he put up 28 points efficiently? That I don't know. Would I rather have Scottie Pippen than LeBron James? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Um, LeBron James, who his knock is, and I've stood up for him uh, many occasions where I say, there's no fault in not being Michael Jordan, right? Um, there's no fault in that. That's people's m- most, most criticism towards LeBron James is he's not Michael Jordan. Um. And he's not. Uh, But, you know, and I've defended he will make the right basketball play 100% of the time to where if someone's in the corner, he'll kick it to the corner. You know, he'll do what's right. But last uh, Friday night, that's not what he was doing. He was not even – scoring wasn't even an option for him. In a finals game, there's no way he should be scoring less than 20 points. But – He's he's unselfish, which is good. He's an excellent defender, guards all the positions. Um, I think his defense is underrated, uh, even though he's not what he was. Um, like Colin Cowherd, who I bring up every week. Um, he's a guy that I look up to in the business. Uh, you know, he's saying, you know, LeBron James, this is an era of, of, of three-pointers. Um, the fours are shooting them. The centers are shooting them. Everybody's shooting threes. And LeBron James don't have that. LeBron James is may give you a nice little dunk every now and then, but he's not really as spectacular to watch. And while Tyrone Lue brought up the point, LeBron James doesn't get the call. We've brought up on my show before. Um, amongst all the superstars that I've ever seen, he gets the least amount of calls. And I think it's the same theory that they used to use on Shaq, to where it, you're, you're, you're so physically enhanced above your competition 
that there's a foul every time. We can't call a foul every time down court. Now, this doesn't stop them with James Harden, who gets phantom fouls, right? But not even getting touched. They blow the whistle seemingly every time he makes a drive then. But LeBron James is getting hammered, no calls. And, you know, no matter what the NBA does, they're going to be accused of conspiracy. Uh, They're trying to help this team. They're trying to stop this team. If this guy does get calls, it's because he's who he is. If he doesn't get calls because they're trying to help this other team out. I mean, the NBA can't win for losing. And they've done it to themselves. Um, They've done it to themselves. But I'm not going to defend them. Um, But this this is not the case. Um, He just doesn't get calls. Tyrone Lewis has spent $25,000. If you talk about the referees, the officiating, you will get fined in all the major sports. Like, they just don't tolerate it because uh, officials aren't perfect, but you got to defend the extension of yourself, which are the officials on the court. Um, you can't have everybody ragging on them the whole time. Um, rather than miss calls, uh, make bad calls, whatever it is, it just happens, human error. Um, but... So Tyrone Lue says, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get the calls. And I understand it. I, to me, it was Tyrone Lue speaking up like a friend, right? Uh, just keeping it real, if you will. Because um, he says to LeBron James, LeBron James can't say that I don't get calls. So Tyrone Lue's like, you know, screw it. I'll say it. My guy doesn't get any calls. And, you know, he gets back to the locker room, high fives. LeBron probably even pays the $25,000 fine. I don't know. But, you know, he, he kept it real for his boy. And... You know, stood up for him. Oh, man, the Gatorade's so good. Green Apple Fierce. Love it. Um, It tastes like Gatorade and sugar with a taste of heaven. All right. So, but but that's my take on LeBron James. He's not a top 10 player. You can't just look at numbers. Uh, And this is top 10 of all time. Like, it's including guys like Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, um, Jerry West. Uh, normally, when I do any type of countdown, any type of standings of players, whatever it is, whatever sport, I do it from what I've seen. It's not really fair for me to comment on who I haven't seen. Just, just go off the numbers. That would make me a hypocrite because I don't believe on just going off the numbers. I think the eyes can can probably tell you more than the numbers. Uh, I saw uh, Kenneth, Mr. Main Event, was chiming in about why, what makes Kobe better than LeBron. Other than Kobe's willing to take the last shot. And it's, it's the fact that you watched them play. And you've seen both of them playing big games. Who plays better when it matters most? LeBron's consistent, but he doesn't step up to that next level. Last year with Kyrie and Kevin Love out, he, you know, almost averaged a triple-double, which was phenomenal. But it, it's and, – and I don't want to sound like an idiot saying this, but it's easier to play all out with house money because, you know, he probably knew they weren't going to beat Golden State last year. You know, he had to have. Everybody else knew it. Um, but he still got two games playing with house money. Um, this year, the pressure's on a little bit. You got your guys. Y'all been rolling through the playoffs. Um, you won your first, what, 10 games in the playoffs. Two sweeps over teams that were supposed to test you, supposed to push, push you. Against teams that some even speculated would defeat you in seven games. And you swept them. Now, speaking of Atlanta and Detroit. Uh, at, the, at the point they got to Toronto, no one was uh, drinking the Toronto Kool-Aid. Everyone was pretty much figuring out Cleveland was the real deal. And I still think they are. And I think they get tonight's game. 
um, based off Draymond Green not being there. Um, Curry has been – him and Thompson shot lights out, especially in the second half of last game. But, you know, you take Curry's jump shot away, which is a very hard task to do. But if you can eliminate that aspect of their offense, you can defeat them. And without Draymond Green, who's who's their, their primary facilitator, he's their facilitator. Um, he's a good he's a good scorer as well. He can shoot the three. Uh, he's their best ins- inside defender, and he's their energy guy. Like some guys come their energy guy off the bench. Draymond Green's all that for them. Um, so they're gonna miss his energy. They're gonna miss his uh, facilitating on offense. Um, Curry's gonna have to do a little bit more playing point than just jacking up shots. Um. But it should be very interesting tonight. I can't wait to see it. Like I said, we're recording early so I can go watch the game. Um, I appreciate Aaron coming in here and letting me do this. Um, appreciate the OAM Network for letting me do my show. But uh, I'm excited about tonight's game because, yeah, of course, it could be the last game of the season. Um, and it could lead to a game six because if you get to to game six, because it's not the old format. Obviously, if you, you've seen – the old format in the finals used to be 2-3-2. Two, two. Uh, two home games for the, the top seed, three home games for the, the lower seed, and then the final two home games for the higher seed. That's how it used to be uh, because of east-west travel. Back in the day, you know, it wasn't so cheap, and it was a little bit more difficult. I still think it's more difficult than giving credit for, but uh, not as difficult as it was back then. Uh, so now it's like the rest of the series where you go 2-2, two, 1-1-1. Two, one, one, one. So tonight's game five in Oakland. If Cleveland can steal this win, because I still think without Jeremiah Green, I still think Cleveland's the underdog. But if they can steal this game, and then you got game six at home, it the pressure starts to mount on Golden State. And that, it, tonight is so huge. Obviously, it's huge because someone could. It's an elimination game, but it's so huge because you feel like if Cleveland can get tonight. We could have a seven-game series. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, Golden State could still win tonight. Golden State could lose tonight and turn around and win right back in Cleveland. Like that's just how it can go. But it could get interesting tonight if LeBron James, J.R. Smith, Kyrie Irving, and them can steal tonight. Uh, Kevin Love missed Game Three, the game that Cleveland won with the concussion, a boo-boo to the head. Um, now I'm not making light of concussions. Look, I've had almost a dozen of them, um, and I and I'll be damaged for the rest of my life, and it'll probably get worse as I get older. Um, that seems to how it goes. So I'm not making light of concussions, but man, there's no way, there's no way that you can, you could, you'd be if I can walk, if I can talk, if I can help my team. Man, there's no way that you'd keep me out of a championship game, especially coming from a guy like Kevin Love. Uh, who I thought was overrated anyway. He's he's had a better career than I thought he would be. Um, he's a really good player. He's not a great player. He's a really good second player on your team, a good Robin, if you will. Um, but that boy all kind of soft, man. Um, and that's just how it is. Because uh, he came in the other night, and because Tristan Thompson's just been beasting it, right? Straight energy all the time. And that's why Cleveland was up in the first half. 
And he comes in for Thompson off the bench, which I liked, Lou, not inserting him back in the starting lineup. Stick with what you won with in game three. And he comes in. He's energetic on offense, on defense, on rebounds. But once the game starts settling, he's right back to being Kevin Love. He's flat-footed on defense. He's not boxing out. And he's just a jump shooter now, primarily. Like, it just it just went back to what he is. Uh, so, he's got to step up and hit shots. Smith's got to play better. LeBron's got to be more aggressive looking to score. I don't mean more aggressive getting to the hole. Dude's got to look to score, man. Or Golden State wins tonight. Um, but I'm taking Cleveland because Cleveland rocks, even though I don't like the city of Cleveland. Uh, their teams, anyway. Never been there. Um, not a fan. So, uh, OEM Network, South Street Grill, 35 South Florence. Go check it out. Um, so, I'm going to touch on a couple other things before I get on my other topics. To where... So, it's interesting. The Pittsburgh Penguins win their Stanley Cup. It's... I want to say it's Crosby's second Stanley Cup. Um, but he's got, like, two junior medals and Olympic gold medal. Like, he's one of the most accomplished hockey players around. But here's the thing. No one's really talking about that. And I know we're down here in the South where hockey's never really been too big. Um, has soccer replaced hockey in the Big Four? And by the Big Four, you know, you got football, basketball, baseball. And then it was hockey. Now it looks like soccer has creeped in to become that fourth sport now while I have never been a fan of soccer or hockey um, I did like the video games growing up uh, I'm trying to get into soccer as my daughter's starting to play she's about to be seven years old she's starting to play so I'm trying to get into hockey I mean excuse me soccer but has soccer replaced now soccer is more of a uh, it's more animated or more people are more involved because it's the country Right, country is battling, so it's a little bit more patriotic, and you're behind your team, and it's every two years or whatever it is, and you got something big going on, FIFA or the World Cup or whatever. So, no, FIFA is the World Cup, but see, sounding how clueless I am in soccer, but you know, has it replaced uh, amongst the the major America as that fourth sport? And I would say it has, as hockey's fallen off, and like I said, we're in the South, so hockey was never big. But, man, it just seems less and less relevant as time goes on. Um, soccer, you're starting to see on national TV more. Soccer, you're starting to see on a more day-to-day basis. Uh, so, it's just as, as I just thought that was interesting as soccer has become the fourth most popular sport in the country. Now, in the world, it's bigger than, you know, football. Probably I don't know. I don't. I don't have numbers to, to justify that. But I know the NFL is huge here in America, and you know we are in America. So NFL is number one. I mean, I would still say if you like rank the sports, uh, NFL is number one. I would say college football is number two, and then I think college basketball may be a little bit above the NBA, but it's right there teetering with it. But I think football is one and two if you include. Professional and college. Like, if you went in poll, I think that's what it would come out. So, the University of Baylor wants their boy, uh, 
Giles back. And here's the thing, man. You know, he he stepped down, got released, whatever, because of the whole the, the sexual assaults that was going on through the school. The football players were involved, so he stepped down. So what, what, what Baylor's trying to push for is have him suspended for 2016, let him come back for 2017. He's their guy. And, I mean, if he had no wrongdoing, if he had no – um, absolute knowledge of situations like he wasn't covering up conspiracy wise then I don't think he should I don't know if he was or wasn't I just don't think he should uh, be forced out of there one year suspension seems fine as long as he had nothing to do or he wasn't covering up any of his kids wrongdoings in the sexual assault case uh, but that's my own opinion um, so I'm going to hop to the NFL right quick. We're on teams number 24 and 23. At number 24 are the New Orleans Darling, New York, uh, New Orleans Saints. So last year, uh, offense was ranked eighth. They had the best passing offense in the NFL. They had the worst defense, both 31st in rush and pass. So there's really no pure weakness. Just defense wasn't good. They let Rob Ryan go. Um they picked up Kobe Fleener on on offense. They picked up Laurinaitis on defense to kind of help the team out. They played the AFC West and the NFC West. Kind of a tough schedule when you're an average team. Uh, they start off the season with Oakland, the Giants, the Falcons, at the Chargers, and then a bye week. Um, so I don't, I'm not a big fan of the buys early. Hold on one second. So I'm not I'm not a I'm not a real fan of. Sorry, had to text CJ. He's here. Okay, so I'm not a fan of buys being early in the season because I feel like, you know, I mean, I like the middle's perfect. Obviously, late is too late, early is too early. You know, you go six, seven, eight. That's that's cool because once you play four preseason games, uh, and then you play eight. Eight or nine regular season games, it kind of puts you in a your team's worn down. But when you're at like week four, you haven't even got a chance to to have an injury and benefit from a bye week or whatever. I don't I don't know how they plan the buys, but I don't like them being early in the season. But the New Orleans Saints, like I said, the Raiders at the Giants, the Falcons, and at the Chargers, you can come two and two out of that. Um, I think the Giants and Falcons are probably better. Saints were seven and nine last year. Uh, they'll probably teeter around the same. Um, seven and nine, six and ten. A couple balls bounce your way. You're nine and seven. Uh, when you got Drew Brees, you got Sean Payton, who's an excellent head coach. Things, you know, quarterback and head coach, man, the two most important positions in football, and the Saints have those. Now they got to get that defense in check. When you're the worst against the pass and the rush, man. You know, like I said, they picked up Laurinaitis, who the Rams let go. Good player. I don't know how much difference he will make. Uh, they don't have Colston, I don't believe. Uh, he, uh, but you got Brandon Cooks, who played well. Um, and, you know, Drew Brees has made a career out of, the, out of making no names famous. Um, but I'm going to say this, man. I was, I was like, Drew Brees has fallen off. He's not the player that he was. Uh, he turns the ball over too much last year. 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a one-on-one .1 QBR. And, 
it, it kind of shocked me to see that because, um, like I said, all the turnovers that he had problems with didn't seem so much last year. I guess they just weren't a very good football team. Uh, I don't like the running back situation. I don't like their – I don't really like their team, honestly. They win six, seven games solely because of Drew Brees and Sean Payton, in, in my opinion. But – so that's the Saints. They're at number 24. A little bit later on, I'm going to touch on the Chicago Bears in a few minutes. But I'm going to go back to the top five finals that I've ever seen. Okay? Number five, 2013, the Miami Heat defeated the San Antonio Spurs four games to three. It was a series that many believe that the the Spurs were screwed out of, especially that late game. I think it was game six. Uh, the foul, the block that wasn't called, the goaltend, all that good stuff. And But it went seven. And here, here's the thing that, deci- that defines a really great series is you don't know who's going to win. Um, and that's, that's what I really look for in a great series. Like, even a Golden State and Cleveland this year go seven. You say, great series because it went seven? No. No, I don't say that. At no point did you think, once the series started, um, that Cleveland was going to win. So, like I said, championship series, uh, you just don't know who's going to win. That's what makes it for a great series. So, at five, it was 2013, the Heat and the Spurs. At number four, the Phoenix Suns and the Chicago Bulls in 1993. Now, the Bulls won this game four games to two. None of Jordan's championship series ever went seven games. Um, but, you know, going into that series, Phoenix had a better record. They had the MVP. Um, I, of course, was rooting against Jordan and Chicago. I was only 13, but whatever. Um, I was rooting against them. I was rooting for Barkley, Kevin Johnson, and them. They had a unique team with Paul Westfall. And they even had the game. Oh, man, I wish I could remember which game it was. Triple overtime. Uh, like Pippen and Kevin Johnson. They played like almost every minute. Um, and Chicago. I think Phoenix won that game. But, you know, anytime you got series where multiple teams are winning on the road, that, that makes it interesting for sure. So, the fourth best series I saw was the Suns and Bulls. That was the, the series where – John Paxson hit the game-winning shot to clinch the series in game six in Phoenix. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, number three, the 98 Jazz Bulls to where, once again, 4-2 Chicago, but it came down to game six on the road in Utah. Uh, now, now, while I'm against Chicago, I really have a hatred for Carl Malone and Stockton, so I wasn't really rooting for them. Uh, you know, it was one of them I wish everybody could lose, right? But, you know, Mailman just was unclutch. And, but that was the flu game. That game six was the flu game by Jordan. Um, and everybody was like, this is the year Chicago loses. And it did not turn out that way. So, that was number three. Number two, the Rockets and Knicks, 1994. Seven-game series, you didn't know who was going to win. You know, and if it wasn't for John Starks, one for 15 performance in game seven, uh, the Knicks probably win that game, you got to think. But it was a great series, back and forth. You didn't know who was going to win the series. And I just remember it just being so an awe 
the number one series I ever saw, 2005. Now, I am a Piston fan, but the Detroit Pistons played the Spurs. Spurs won 4-3. It was another one of them series to where, now, I had a personal interest in this. And even though the Pistons lost, still the best series I ever saw to where you just, you didn't know who was going to win. Like, each team would go up, and you'd be like, oh, they're about to take it. Then Robert Ory hit a big shot. Chauncey Billups would hit a big shot. It was a great series. It came down. It was a series that had Larry Brown uh, telling the guys, you know, in a timeout, I love you with a minute and change left, uh, basically conceding the loss. Um, but those are my top five finals that I've ever seen. Um, feel free to chime in and give me yours uh, when I post this comment. Whatever. Right now I'm going to take a 30-second break. Shout out to the OAM sponsor. Help us keep the lights on. Go to theoamnetwork.com slash donate today. Your contributions will support us in our venture to create free content, free of charge, and free of restrictions. Donate $25 or more and get a free shirt from Ohm. Remember, your support matters. Head over to theoamnetwork.com slash donate. In pod, we trust. They broke it with Jesus. The mold. Um, no, like at a table you would do Bread? Yeah Hear more of the game show podcast at theoamnetwork.com slash gsp And we're back, so uh, Chicago Cubs, big fan of them uh, I grew up a Kansas City Royal fan And Chicago Cubs fan uh, Kansas City Royals because we had the Memphis Chicks here And that was the minor league program So, like my Aunt Mel, I think she used to work for something Because she used to bring Kansas City Royal stuff like to the house all the time, baseballs and cards and all that stuff. But uh, I love George Brett, my favorite player of all time. My second favorite player is Sammy Sosa. So, um, but the Cubs are rolling. Like they're eight games up on anybody even close. Will that hold up? I don't know. But it should be interesting to see because when the Cubs are involved, it makes baseball a whole lot more exciting nationwide. Um, but they're doing their thing. I see that Anquan Bolden is in Detroit, possibly going to sign there. Guys like Anquan Bolden really don't like to sign veterans until preseason, right? Don't want to go through all the workouts and everything. You pay your dues. You shouldn't have to do that as long as you keep yourself in shape. Um, but that would be a good sign for them after losing Calvin Johnson, having Golden Tate and Anquan Bolden. I still don't think very highly of Detroit. Sorry, Darnell, but I don't. All right, so the Chicago Bears. I have them at my 23rd ranked team. They had the 23rd offense in the NFL. Um, The 11th rushing offense, which kind of caught me off, but they lost Matt Forte to the New York Jets. Um, Their defense was 20th, was still a little better than I thought it would be. The fourth ranked pass defense, which was better than I thought it would be. Um, they lose Forte. They lose Martellus Bennett. They sign Lamar Houston from Oakland, Danny Trevathan, and then Zach Miller to replace Bennett at tight end. Um, they start the season against at the Texans, at home against the Eagles, at Detroit. No, excuse me, at Dallas, Detroit, and then Indianapolis, both at home. So I mean, that's that's a that's, it's not an impossible test starting them five games. You can get two wins out of the five. I think you're looking good. Um, to move forward the season. Now, once again, when I do these NFL, it's where I think they should be ranked based off last year, 
combined with their preseason moves, not not as much projecting to where I think they'll be at the end of the season. I just think it's where they should be going into the season. I just want to clarify that because I don't I don't there's some teams that we've talked about in the past that I think will be better than where I have them ranked. It's just where I think they deserve to be ranked at the moment. And I think the Bear, the Bears should be 23rd, I think, cuz that division, Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit. Uh, of course everybody's, you know, uh Jordan Nelson's healthy, Green Bay's going to walk away with the division. I don't so much agree with that. Uh uh, by that standard, I, I do think Green Bay will win the division, but I don't think it's because of Jordy Nelson. I think, I think Minnesota. I just I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I don't trust that defense, which was good last year. But Chicago can make some noise. They improve their defense, I believe. So if they can get any bit of a pass rush, Jay Cutler can, who I'm not a fan of, can step up and uh, who he didn't play horrible last year. He played good. Um, top at half of the league, I guess you could say. Uh, but you lose Forte, that's a big loss, man. Uh, a do-it-all running back. But for them, it's all about defense. I've always said this about Chicago. Like, the last few years, they haven't had defense. That if uh, Chicago without a defense is like the Bible without Jesus, man. It just doesn't make sense. Because uh, that's just how it's always been. They always had great linebackers and, you know, uh, a stubborn, slow offense. But a good defense. Monsters of the Midway. So today we talked about the Saints at 24. We talked about the Bears at 23. Uh, so next week, I don't, I don't really. There's a few teams broken down for who it could be, but that's it for that NFL countdown. Uh, like I said, Nate Robinson getting his trial with the Seattle Seahawks. Played cornerback back in high school. Five nine, five ten. It's not that small in the NFL. Uh, he's a powerful dude. He's a great athlete. Um, we'll see how it turns out. I do think that the uh, we're getting close to kickoff. Don't look like CJ's going to make it because of, of a key situation broken in the door here, so he can't get in. So I'm gonna go ahead and try to wrap this up to where I'm gonna say this, man. Like the uh, the Orlando shooting, uh, which was sad and tragic. Um, 50 dead and I saw the I saw the I saw the article about the dude that was texting his mom before he got killed they said he still hadn't found his body or whatever it had been decided but it was a terrorist attack and or a dude that was Arabian I don't know if it was terrorist but to open fire on 50 innocent people man that's well, actually it was hundreds of innocent people hell yeah it was hundreds of innocent people Sorry, I said hell yeah to a text message, um, which I'll elaborate on in a second. Um, hundreds of people that you open fire, and look, I don't know if he was targeting, I don't know if it was a hate crime, I don't know if he just went to a place to where it would probably be an easy target with people that were not armed, drunk, this, that, and the other, but man, I'm going to tell you, man, whether you believe with homosexuality, whether you believe it, uh, agree with it or not whether you agree with interracial dating or uh, what God a person chooses to serve. Um, it does not give you a right to take their life or to even question them and tell them that they're wrong. I have my own beliefs as far as homosexuality. I have my own beliefs as far as religion. Uh, 
while I may discuss it, I will never force my beliefs upon anyone else or uh, be prejudiced against you. And no one else has that right. And it was sad and it was tragic. Um, uh, hopefully we move on from this. And like the city of Memphis going through all they're going through with the people aren't going to come downtown. Now they're covering on Bill, a cover to get on Bill Street. And people just don't want to come down, man. It's it's bad for business. The city isn't looking good personally, but but it's a global thing, man. Where I'm gonna send a shout out once again, my final shout out to Side Street Grill, thirty five South Florence. Monday through Fridays, happy hour, four to seven. Come on down. Uh you can come over to the red bar. You can feel free to smoke. Um <laughs> not smoke anything, but you can go over there, smoke cigars, smoke cigarettes, have a drink, watch some flat screens. Uh Pretty much always a pretty face over there. Um, especially if you can catch Carolyn or Lynn, then you're going to have a good day. Uh, but come on down, 35 South Florence. You come on down. Tuesday night is pasta special, 4 to 9. Wednesday is steak night, 4 to 9. And Sunday is brunch, 11 to 3. Uh, South Street opens at 4. So come on down, check it out. It's normally open like 4 to 12. So come on down, check it out, have a good time. Uh, my boy Fletcher Cox for the Philadelphia Eagles has been given a six-year, $103 million contract, 54 of it, guaranteed, the highest non-quarterback contract of all time. Uh, that'll That's going to be eclipsed every season as salary cap goes up, as numbers go up. Um, but I love Fletcher Cox, and you had to get this dude signed. He's a beast, best player on your team. So you, you had to get him signed, man. Uh, I like it. I don't mind as much. I don't want to seem like a hypocrite because just last year I was talking about, even when I first got my show back in November, uh, I was talking about Ndamukong Sue getting all that money. Ndamukong Sue, not deserving. But he was a problem because he gets suspended. He was a problem because he gets fined. He was a problem because he hurts your team almost damn near as much as he helps it. Uh, Fletcher Cox is an outstanding 3-4 defensive end. Uh, I love having him on my team. And uh, – I'm I'm happy to see my team making positive moves. Uh, I would like to rescind that Sam Bradford contract, but can't be perfect, man. You know, is what it is. Um, well, I did this show solo today. I went live on Facebook to start the show. Um, uh, I hope most of you guys are checking that out. Um, so next week, well, this series will be over with the NBA. We'll look into the draft. We'll go over teams in the NFL, number 22 and 21, I think. And let me see. Yep, 22 and 21. Um, so that should be interesting. Uh, but that's all I got for tonight. I'm going to get out of here. I railed solo. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is found on the OAM Network. Um, once again, sponsored by Side Street Grill. Um, God, is, God is so good to me. Uh, you know, we, we always have, there's death around us at all times. Um, the most guaranteed part of life is death and it's sad. And especially when it's tragic because it's, it's unexpected. Um, but it doesn't just cause it's not perfect. Doesn't mean God isn't good to you. Um, but I know he's sure good to me. Uh, shout out to my brother. Next time I have a show, I'm going to have a niece. Um, I got a song written for her. I'm not going to play it until <laughs> until she's born. Um, so thanks for looking up, man. Thanks for looking up for me personally. Thank you for your support. 
Um, thanks to everyone that, that really listens to my show. Um, I have a lot of love to give, and I'm so appreciative and grateful that I get to do what I do because um, I love my show, and I'm out. Peace. This podcast is a production of Ohm Audio and the Ohm Network. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com.